Hello, family. Hello, 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 hello. I pray that all is well with you because God is good, okay? Christ is on his throne, so everything shall be good, okay? <laughs> Let's just bow our heads and go into prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to come into your course, Lord, with thanksgiving and praise because you are worthy of all the praise, Father. You are worthy to the highest praise, Lord. That's why I say hallelujah, because I give you the highest praise, Father, because you deserve it, Lord. You are the only one worthy, Father, Lord. I humble myself, Lord, to, at your throne of grace, Lord, but I come to you with the boldness. I'm asking you, Father, that you give me the words for your children, Father. Not my words, not Jay's words, but the words of the Lord, Father. You know what your children need to hear, Father. So I submit myself to you, Lord, and I decrease, Father, and I allow you to increase, Lord, in Jesus' name. Father, put your words on my tongue, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory be to your name. I plead the blood of Jesus over my, over my brothers and sisters, over myself, and over this episode, Lord. I'm praying for the boldness of Christ to go and profess your words, Lord. Give me the boldness, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. I just thank you. I thank you for even wanting to dwell in my vessel, Father, because you are so good, okay? You are so good, Lord. Father, I just want to bind up any foul spirit that will try to come up against this word. I bind them up and I cast them down in the name of Jesus. I bind up any lying tongue right now in the name of Jesus. And I cast it down by the power of God. And that is in Jesus' mighty name that I pray. Amen. Okay, family. So, <laughs> we're going to start on Paul, okay? Because Brother Paul... yeah. Brother Paul, Brother Paul, we got to we gotta talk about Brother Paul, okay? And I know I be giving like <laughs> what I think the topic is of the podcast and then the Lord switch up. He just brings in the fresh anointing, okay? And <laughs> so we're going to say right now, we're going to talk about Brother Paul, but <laughs> I don't know where we might end up, okay? That's the thing about surrendering to the Lord. You don't know where you ended up, but I trust God. And I trust Him for breakthroughs and healings in the name of Jesus. Okay, Lord. Lord, by the way, Father, can you please give all of your children, myself included, the wisdom, the knowledge, and the understanding, Father. Give us eyes that see, Father, and ears that hear what the Spirit is speaking to your children, Lord. And that's in Jesus' mighty name, Father. Amen. Yes, I do sidebars with the Lord. <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do. Okay. Yes. All right. So let's go to Acts. We're going to just start at the top. Seven men chosen to serve. But as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumbling of discontent. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers. 
saying that their widows were being discriminated against the daily distribution of food. So the 12 called a meeting of all the believers. They said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. And so brothers select seven men who are well-respected and are full of the spirit and wisdom. We will give them this responsibility. Then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word. Everyone liked this idea and they chose the following. Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parm, fam, I was about to say Parmesan, okay? Because that look like Parmesan. <laughs> I'm sorry, cyborg. But that's not Parmesan. It's par, par, Parmenius, Parmenius. And <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. But I was really about to say Parmesan. <laughs> and Nic- Nicholas of Antioch. I am so sorry. I am, I'm so silly. I'm sorry. An earlier convert to the Jewish faith. These seven men were presented to the apostles who prayed for them as they laid their hands on them. So God's message continued to spread. The number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem and many of the Jewish priests were converted too. Stephen is arrested. So look, we just read at the top that Stephen's a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Okay, he is full of it. Stephen, a man full of of God's grace and power, performed amazing miracles and signs among the people. But one day, some men from the synagogues of free slaves, as it was called, started to debate with him. They were Jews from Serene, Alexandria, Sicilia, and the province of Asia. None of them could stand against the wisdom and the spirit which Stephen spoke. Listen, that's the authority. Stephen had that authority of Christ because when you got the Holy Spirit, you see that the, even the essence, capital and spirit, it's the authority. It's the weight that that spirit carry. That's what it is because the spirit speaks and it leads you to all truth. So it's nothing you can do with the truth. There's nothing you can do with supernatural wisdom. It's nothing that you can do with it, family. That's why I pray that my brothers and sisters get the wisdom, the understanding, and the knowledge. Because it's a supernatural type of understanding and knowledge and wisdom. It's a supernatural. It's one that man cannot learn. You get what I'm saying? It has to be given to you by the power of God. It has to be given to you by the Holy Spirit. That's why I pray that my father hits you with the anointings. That's why I be praying for y'all fam and that's why i be praying for myself as i be included okay so they persuaded some men to lie about stephen see they setting stephen up saying we heard him blaspheme movis movis i said movis listen i'm on my moses vibes today okay i'm <laughs> being a clumsy speaker again i'm sorry we heard him blaspheme moses and even god This roused the people, the elders, the teachers of religious laws. So they arrested Stephen and brought him before the high council. The lying with, let's just go back. This roused the people, the elders, the teachers of religious laws. So they arrested Stephen and brought him before the high council. Ain't that like family? 
Y'all, these people are the very ones that's air quotes defending God. But it's like you get roused just by something that someone says. They listen, we're going to read if they even gave Stephen a real chance. Okay, we're going to read it. The lying witnesses said, this man is always speaking against the holy temple and against the law of Moses. Y'all see where it says the lying witness. And remember when we were at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, love, we, love loves when the um, truth prevails. It does not like false witnesses. So these people were already not acting in true love. Let's go to 1 Corinthians real quick, chapter 13, because you know I like to point it out, family, because listen... Okay, chapter 1 Corinthians 13, chapter 13, verse 6. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Okay, that's true love. So let's go back to X6. Um, we have heard him say... That Jesus of Nazareth will destroy the temple and change the customs Moses had handed down to us. At this point, everyone in the high council stared at Stephen because his face became as bright as an angel's. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Because that's when that spirit show up. So let's go to, let's go to the next chapter because we're going to see where that spirit show up. The high priest asked Stephen, are these accusations true? This was Stephen's reply. Brothers and fathers, listen to me. Our glorious God appeared to our ancestor Abraham in Mesopotamia before the settled, before he settled in Haran. God told him, leave your native land and your relatives and come into the land that I will show you. So Abraham left the land of the Chaldeans. And lived in Haran until his father died. Then God brought him here to the land where you now live. But God gave him no inheritance here, not even one square foot of land. God did promise, however, that eventually the whole land would belong to Abraham and his descendants. Even though he had no children yet, God also told him that his descendants would live in a foreign land where they would be oppressed as slaves for 400 years. But I will punish the nation that enslaves them, God said. And in the end, they will come out and worship me here in this place. God also gave Abraham the covenant of circumcision at that time. You family, that's the truth. And how many people be circumcising their kids, right? That's just, this is just the power of God. How many people be circumcising their sons and they don't have no clue that that was God's covenant with Abraham, with, uh, Abraham? People don't even be knowing it and they just be doing it. That just shows you, really, you really got to think about and have the wisdom of Christ to be able to understand why certain things are being done. Because people, I'm pretty sure, because there was a time I didn't know that what that was what that was about. Like, you get what I'm saying? And we just be following instead of taking time back and asking the Lord, Lord, guide me. We just want to follow because it sounds right. But it's okay because the truth shall prevail. But I'm just saying, friend, you know, this is a sidebar. I'm just saying this is exactly why people should, um, like, submit to God. 
Because, like, people don't even know why they be circumcising their kids. Like, who would think to circumcise if God didn't say to circumcise? We would have just thought that that's how it was supposed to look. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. Even And no shade, because, you know, <laughs> no shade. If it's not like that, it don't got to be like that. I ain't coming for nobody. I'm just saying, God said to do it to Abraham. That was his covenant with Abraham. I said, let's just get off this topic because I don't want to offend nobody. (laughs) I'm just saying, if you did, you know, and you didn't know why, now you know. So when Abraham became the father of Isaac, he circumcised him on the eighth day. And the practice was continued when Isaac became the father of Jacob. And when Jacob became the father of the 12 patriarchs of the Israelite nations, these patriarchs were jealous of their brother Joseph and they sold him to be a slave in Egypt. But God was with him and rescued him from all his troubles. Listen, it says, but God was with him and rescued him from all his troubles. Family, God is with you and he shall rescue you from all your troubles. Just trust in the name of the Lord. Just trust that he is God. Trust that he will rescue you. Trust him. And God gave him favor before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. God, oh, he want to give his children favor today. Hallelujah. He want to give you a supernatural favor. Because let me tell you something. When God gives you something, it's going to be supernatural because God is supernatural. So when you hear me talking supernatural, it's because God is that. He is supernatural. So he got to give it to you that way. You know what I'm saying, family? Look for the supernatural. Let's stop trying to figure out what God can do. And let's allow the supernatural to happen. Glory be to his name. Glory be to his name. God also gave Joseph unusual wisdom. Unusual wisdom. So that Pharaoh appointed him governor over all of Egypt and put him in charge of the palace. But a famine came upon Egypt and Canaan. There was a great misery and our ancestors ran out of food. Jacob heard that there was still grain in Egypt. So he sent his sons, our ancestors, to buy some. The second time they went, Joseph revealed his identity to his brothers. And there were, there they were, and they were introduced to Pharaoh. Then Joseph sent for his father, Jacob, and all his relatives to come to Egypt, 75 persons in all. So Jacob went to, the, went to Egypt. He died there, as did our ancestors. Their bodies were taken to Shechem and buried in the tomb. Abraham bought for a certain price from Hamer's son of Shechem. As the time drew near, when God would fulfill his promise to Abraham, the number of our people in Egypt greatly increased. But then a new king came to the throne of Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph. This king exploited our people and oppressed them, forcing parents to abandon their newborn babies so they would die. At that time, Moses was born, a beautiful child in God's eyes. His parents cared for him at home for three months when they had to abandon him. Pharaoh's daughter adopted him and raised him as her own son. Moses was taught all the wisdom of the Egyptians and he was powerful in both speech and action. On 
One day when Moses was 40 years old, he decided to visit his relatives, the people of Israel. He saw an Egyptian mistreating an Israelite. So Moses came to the man's defense and avenged him, killing the Egyptian. Moses assumed his fellow Israelites would realize that God had sent him to rescue them, but they didn't. The next day he visited them again and saw two men of Israel fighting. He tried to be a peacemaker. Men, he said, you are brothers. Why are you fighting each other? But the man in the wrong pushes Moses aside. Who made you a ruler and judge over us? He asked. I'm sorry, family. Are you going to kill me as you killed that Egyptian yesterday? When When Moses heard that he fled the country and lived as a for Yes, family. Moses caught a body, okay? Moses caught a body. That's why when you sit there, well, to be politically correct, because let me not just say he caught a body. Let me be politically correct. He committed murder. That's the political correct way to say it. Okay. But I'm just saying, we be sitting here and we be thinking that these people in this Bible be holier than thou. And no, they do not. The only one that is holy is Christ. It is it, because it, he is God. He is God. That's why he is holy and the Holy Spirit. And that, listen, listen, Jesus, just Jesus. That's all I say. Just Jesus. That's who's holy. Just Jesus. So like, yes, Moses caught our body. How many people didn't know that? Because I, when I first found out, I said, oh, the one that wrote the Ten Commandments. <laughs> what? But this was like before he wrote the Ten Commandments. But I'm just saying, he still caught a body. Like, you know? So, just think about that, family. We can mess up. And God has rich mercy, grace, and love. But let's not try our father either, okay? I'm not saying it's for you to try him. It's just he got that rich rich grace, mercy, and love because he wants you to stop. (laughs) that's what he ultimately wants he wants you to stop but he knows that we will stumble okay but let's not use that rich grace the mercy and mercy and love and grace let's not use that for our advantage because you just don't want to test god you just don't you just don't when moses heard that he that he fled the country and lived as a foreigner in the land of midian There his two sons were born. Forty years later, in the desert near Mount Sinai, an angel appeared to Moses in the flame of a burning bush. When Moses saw it, he was amazed at the sight. As he went to take a closer look, the voice of the Lord called out to him, I am the God of your ancestor, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses shook with terror and did not dare to look. Then the Lord said to him, take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I had heard their groans and have come down to rescue them. Now go, for I am sending you back to Egypt. So God put, so God sent back the same man his people had previously rejected when they demanded, who made you a ruler and judge over us? Through the angel who appeared to him in the burning bush, God sent Moses to be their ruler and savior. And by means of many wonders and miraculous signs, he led them out of Egypt through the Red Sea and through the wilderness for 40 years. Moses himself told the people of Israel, 
God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. Moses was with our ancestors, the assembly of God's people in the wilderness, when the angel spoke to him at Mount Sinai. And there Moses received the life-giving words to pass on to us. The life-giving words to pass on to us. Hallelujah. But our ancestors refused to listen to Moses. They rejected him and wanted to return to Egypt. They told Aaron, make us some gods who can lead us. For we don't know what has become of Moses who brought us out of Egypt. So they made an idol shaped like a calf and they sacrificed to it and celebrated over this thing they had made. Then God turned away from them and abandoned them to serve the stars of heaven as their gods. Listen, how much sense does it make to worship something that you created? It says, so they made, they made, they made an idol shape like a calf. Just family, let's think about that. Does that really make sense to worship something that you made? How can, how can that have any power? You made it. And I know people won't be like, but what if my child is like, uh, what if I make my child and my child is like anointed and gifted and all that? Yeah, but, but that anointing and that gifting came from a higher power. You did not make that power. You get what I'm saying, fam? I'm just saying, like, how you, like, for real, like, you can't worship something you made with your hands. You just can't do that. It makes no sense. It really doesn't. And they sacrificed to it and celebrated over this thing they had made. Then God turned away from them and abandoned them to serve the stars of heaven as their gods. In the book of the prophets, it was written, was it to me you were bringing sacrifices and offering during those 40 years in the wilderness? Israel, no, you carried your pagan gods, the shrine of Molech, the star of your God, Raphael, and the images you made to worship them. So I will send you into exile as far as away as Babylon. Our ancestors carried the tabernacle with them through the wilderness. It was constructed according to the plan God had shown to Moses. Years later, when Joshua led our ancestors in battle against the nations that God drove out of this land, the tabernacle was taken with them into their new territory, and it stayed there until the time of King David. David found favor with God and asked for the privilege of building a permanent temple for the God of Jacob. But it was Solomon who actually built it. However, the Most High doesn't live in temples made by human hands. As the prophet says, family, God is the one who creates the stars. God is the one who calls the stars out by name. You get what I'm saying? So even when you read in horoscopes, even when you like real into like, you know, like the fortunes of astrology and stuff, like God is the one who created that. He created the stars. You feel me, family? It says, however, the most high, the most high, you feel me, doesn't live in temples made by human hands. As the prophet says, because God is the most high. He is the most high God. You get what I'm saying? He is the sovereign power over us all in the name of Jesus. That's who he is. Heaven is my throne. This is, listen, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Could you build me a temple as good as that? 
asked the Lord. Could you build me such a resting place? Didn't my hands make both heaven and earth? Yes. Didn't ask yourself this, family. Didn't God's hands make both heaven and earth? Could you build him such a resting place? Can you build God heaven? Mm-mm-mm-mm. We serve a big God. He said, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. He is a big God. He is a big God. I'm telling you, he is a big God. Yes, glory be to your name, Lord. You stubborn people, you are heathen at heart and deaf to the truth. Must you forever resist the Holy Spirit? Listen, let's look up the definition of heathen real quick, okay? A person who does not belong to a widely held religion, especially one who is not a Christian Jew, as regarded by those who who do. Okay, so a person who does not belong to a widely held religion. A unconverted member of a people or nation who does not acknowledge the God of the Bible. An uncivilized or irreligious person. So they like, he's like, y'all not acknowledging God, like y'all not acknowledging him because if they were acknowledging him, they wouldn't have killed all the prophets that came before Jesus and they wouldn't have killed the Lord Jesus Christ himself. He wouldn't, they wouldn't have did that to God. Their hearts were so so far from him. You get what I'm saying, family? That was what your ancestors did, and so do you. Name one prophet your ancestors didn't persecute. They even killed the ones who predicted the coming of the righteous one, the Messiah, whom you betrayed and murdered. You deliberately disobeyed God's laws, even though you received it from the hands of angels. The Jewish leaders were infuriated by Stephen's accusations, and they shook their fists at him in rage. But Stephen full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily into heaven and saw the glory of God. He saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. And he told them, look, I see the heavens open and the son of man standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. Then they put their hands over their ears and began shouting. They rushed at him. See, it says they put their hands over their ears and began shouting. Hallelujah. Let's go to, um, hold on, because we're going to go to Matthew chapter 13, verse 15. But let's just remember, let's reread um, this verse real quick. They, so this is Acts 7, 57. They put their hands over their ears and began shouting. Because remember, he said, Stephen said, look, I see the heavens open and the son of man standing in place of honor at God's right hand. Then they put their hands over their ears and began shouting. So let's go to Matthew 13 real quick. Well, let's start at verse 14. Well, no, 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 let's go a little higher. Let's start at verse 11. I'm sorry, family. You are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. 
To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. That is why I use these parables for they look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they really don't listen. They really li- they really don't listen or understand. This fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah that says, when you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. Comprehend, for the hearts of these people are hardened, and their eyes cannot hear, and they have closed their I said their eyes cannot hear. I'm sorry, family. And their ears cannot hear, and that and they have closed their eyes. So their eyes cannot see, and their ears cannot hear, and their hearts cannot understand, and they not they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. Okay, family? So let's go back to Acts 7. So in reading that, right, fam, we see that they put their hands over their ears and began shouting. So, you know, we'd be like, okay, why is God going to harden their hearts? Because people are come to, Stephen was coming to them with the truth and they didn't want to hear it. So it turns their heart more hard to God because every time God is showing himself through someone, they were refusing to listen. They were refusing to understand it. They didn't want to. So yes, their heart becomes hardened because they will not take in what the Lord is doing. They will not turn to him so they, so they can be healed. That's why they rushed at him and dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. His accusers took off their coats and laid them at the feet of a young man named Saul. Okay. As they stoned him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He fell to his knees shouting, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. And with that, he died. Stephen was a good man because how many of us could sit there and say the very people who accused and lied on us and stoned us? How can we really say, Lord, don't charge them with this sin? That's the power of God. Will you let God do a good work within you, family? Will you let the beauty within you begin to manifest? you be able to say, God, don't charge them with this sin sin. Hallelujah. That's by the power of God. That is by the power of God. Because how many of us can say, Lord, don't charge them of this sin. Listen, family, you have, this is, this is an example of why we need a relationship with the Lord, because only the Lord can give us this goodness. I'm telling you, I'm telling you to love your enemies. You need the Lord's help to love your enemies. I'm telling you, you need his help. Is someone I'm speaking to right now. You need God's help with your bitterness. You need God's help with your unforgiveness. You need that. You need the Lord. You need to go and go to his feet and ask him to take the rage out of your heart. Ask him to take the bitterness out your heart. Ask him to take the unforgiveness out your heart. Because it's by the power of God that you can say, Lord, don't charge them with the sin. Give it to him. Allow him to give 
you a new heart. Allow him to transform you by the renewing of your mind. Just trust the Lord. He can do it. Don't hold that person in unforgiveness. Don't hold those people in unforgiveness. You're tired of the rage. I know you are tired. You're tired of being angry. You're tired of it. Give it to the Lord by the power of God. Begin to confess with the Lord all that is in your heart because he knows it's there. I'm speaking to somebody right now. I'm speaking to you, family. Whether you're in a car, whether you're walking, whether you're on a bus, whether you're sitting down, whether you're standing up, let go and let God. Let go and let God. Allow him to give you a new heart by the power of God. And that's in Jesus' name, family. Hallelujah, because he's good. Because he's good. Because he's good. That's why you're going to do it, because he's good. Don't allow that person to take over your life by holding them in unforgiveness, by being bitter, by staying angry, by being enraged. Don't allow the, don't, don't allow that. Don't allow that to ruin your life. You hear me? Do you hear me? We cannot be ignorant of Satan's devices because the key, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And that bitterness and that rage, that unforgiveness, all of that and being angry, all of that, you the, the enemy is using against you. He's using it against you because the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. You hear me? You have to let that go. You have to. You have to because guess what? You want God to forgive you? Don't you? You want God to blot your sins away? Don't you? And I say this to you in love. I say this to you in love. I say it to you in love because guess what? Guess what? I've been there. <laughs> I've been there and I got the freedom of Christ because I allowed him to take it from me. I used to be bitter. I used to have rage. I used to be angry, but I allowed the Lord to take it from me. Even moments where, cause yes, yes, your sis at within her beauty gets mad. Sometimes I get angry. <laughs> I get angry. You know, I, I, I'm, listen, I don't think I have rage, but only God truly know. I, but I don't believe I have that, but only God truly knows. But I get angry and guess what? I give it to God. I give it to him. And guess what? He delivers me of my anger. Do you hear me? That's how good God is. He will deliver you. Glory be to his name. Don't be like these um, religious law people and these false accusers. Don't be like them. Don't be like that, fam. Don't. It's a person that I'm. I'm specifically talking to you. I'm. Listen. I'm specifically talking to you. Don't be like these people who clo- who who covered their ears and didn't want to hear what the Lord had to say. 
Don't allow your heart to get hard. Allow his truth to come in and water your heart. Allow his grace and his mercy and his understanding and his wisdom and his knowledge and his love to begin to penetrate your heart and begin to water it and let it become soft. Allow that to happen because it's a beautiful feeling when when God does it for you, family. It's a beautiful feeling. It truly is. It truly is. Okay. Let's go to, listen, let's go to uh, chapter eight. Okay. Saul was one of the witnesses and he agreed completely with killing of Stephen. A great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem, and all the believers except the apostles were scattered through the regions of Judea and Samaria. Some devoted men came and buried Stephen with great mourning, but Saul was going everywhere to destroy the church. He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women to throw them into prison. But the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and told the people there come about the Messiah. Crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and see the miraculous signs he did. Many evil spirits were casted out, screaming as they left their victims. Hallelujah. That shows you that these, these, these evil spirits, these demonic entities, or however you say that word, okay? These, these, this demonic spirits, they were screaming as they left their victims. That's the power of God. Because they'll come up to you with the boldness, won't they? Won't an evil spirit try to intimidate you? But you got to know that the what you carry. You got to know the authority that you carry. That greater he that is in you than he that is in this world. That's what you got to know. Because when you when your God show up, these demons begin to tremble. These demons begin to scream, hallelujah, and they shall leave you. Hallelujah. The Bible says that, 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 what is it in Deuteronomy? Hold on, fam, because I want to say it to you just right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because they are, he is good. Hold up, family. Because y'all know I can't type and do all of that at the same time. Hold up. You got to know Deuteronomy 28, verse 7. Um, hold on, let me. The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. They will attack you from one direction, but they will scatter from you in seven. Believe that. Believe when you go under demonic attacks. As it's saying in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses seven, the Lord will conquer your enemies. It says the Lord will conquer your enemies and when they attack you and they will scatter, they will, they will attack you from one direction, but you will scatter them but they will, oh Lord, I'm, I'm getting hype. I'm getting hype, family. Let me calm down. <laughs> Let me calm down. Because I told you, I get nuck if you buck. I get nuck if you buck. Because all I got to do is believe that my God can do it. All I got to believe, as I'm going through my warfare scriptures, all I got to believe is that my God will show up. That's all I got to believe by the power of God. That's all I got to believe. So let me, let me, let me say it again. <clears throat> 
The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. They will attack you from one direction, but they will scatter from you in seven. Hallelujah. Let's read the ESV version because I told you I like the NLT, but let's read the N- the the ESV. The Lord Cause y'all see how it's the Lord is even capitalized. All letters capital in Lord. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before you. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord is going to allow you to see them flee before you seven ways because they're going to roll up on you. But your God will cause them to flee seven ways because that's the power of God. That's the power of God. Hallelujah. Glory be to his name. (laughs) Hallelujah. 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 And many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. Because my God is a healer. Do you hear me? My God is a healer. So there was a great joy in that city. A man named Simon had been a sorcerer there for many years. Amazing the people of Samaria and claiming to be someone great. Everyone from the least to the greatest often spoke of him as the great one, the power of God. They listened closely to him because for a long time, he had astounded them with his magic. My thing is that they take it back to the Lord because they, cause God, God's not, um, he, that's not magic. That's power that God got. God don't got magic. He got power. You get what I'm saying? But now the people believe Philip's message of the good news concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. As a result, many men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself believed and was baptized. He began following Philip wherever he went, and he was amazed by the sign and great miracles Philip performed. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John there. As soon as they arrived, they prayed for those believe, these believers to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them, for they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John said to their hand, hold on, hold on, let's go to Acts chapter 2. Let's go to verse... Verse 38, Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So let's go back to chapter 8. Okay, so let's keep going. When Simon saw that the spirit was given when the apostles laid their hands on people, he offered them money to buy his power. Let me have this power too, he exclaimed, so that when I lay my hands on people, they will receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter replied, may your money be destroyed with you for thanking God's 
gift can be bought. You can have no part in this, for your heart is not right with God. Repent of your wickedness and pray to the Lord. Perhaps he will forgive your evil thoughts, for I can see that you are full of bitter and jealousy and are held captive by sin. You see how Peter said, Peter was like, was that, was it, is it Peter talking? Yes, yeah, Peter talking. He said, repent of your sin, of your wickedness and pray to the Lord. Perhaps he will forgive your evil thoughts. For I can see that you are full of bitter jealousy and are held captive by sin. Held captive by sin. Pray to the Lord for me, Simon explained, that these terrible things you said won't happen to me. After testifying and preaching the word of the Lord in Samaria, Peter and John returned to Jerusalem and they stopped in many Samaritan villages along the way to preach the good news. As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under the Candite Kedek, the queen of Ethiopia, the eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship and he has was now returning. Seated in his carriage, he was reading aloud the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk along beside the carriage. So you see how it says that the Holy Spirit will lead you. We always talking about the Holy Spirit family. But do you understand? It says that let's start where it, where it says The Holy Spirit, verse 28, the Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk along beside the carriage. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, do you understand what you are reading? The man replied, how can I unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. The passage of the scripture he had been reading was this. He was led like a sheep to be to the slaughter. As a lamb is silenced before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can seek who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. They talking about Jesus because listen, Jesus was led like a sheep to slaughter. Yes, he was. Nobody cared about his life. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. The eunuch asked, Philip, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? So the beginning so beginning with this same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. As they rode along, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? He ordered the carriage to stop and they went down into the water and Philip baptized him. When they came up out the water, the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch never saw him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Meanwhile, Philip found far found himself farther from the town of Azutis. He preached the good news there and in every town along the way he came to Caesarea. Saul's conversion. Okay, because listen, listen, what we was reading is important, but we were setting the scene because I said we're gonna talk about Brother Paul. Listen, meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way 
he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down on around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who that's look, it's in the red. So you know when you in the red, that means Jesus showed up. Okay. That's Jake. That's the power of God talking. You feel me? Who are you, Lord? At Saul asked. The voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The man with Saul stood speechless for they heard the sound of someone's voice, but saw no one. Saul picked himself up off the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus. He remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. Now there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision calling Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord said, go over to the straight street to the house of Judas. When you get there, ask for a man named Tarsus. Ask for a man named Tarsus named Saul. He is praying to me right now. I have shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. But Lord, exclaimed Ananias, I've heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem. And he is authorized by the leading priest to arrest everyone who calls upon your name. See, this is with God. This is this is just the power of God. Because listen, he said, but the Lord said, go for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings as well as the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. He said, and I will show him how much he should, he must suffer for my name's sake. He was persecuting the very people for the name of Jesus Christ. And then Jesus said, but Saul, Saul is going to be able, he's going to see how much he must suffer for my name's sake. The Lord will use the very person that was persecuting his children, persecuting his flock for just believing in Jesus. Jesus was used that very person to show them how much they must suffer for Jesus name. That's why you can't judge nobody. That's why you can't, you don't have the right to because you don't know who Jesus instruments is. You just don't know. You don't know. That's why you seek the Lord. You follow his leading and you mind your business. You, I know you about your father's business, but your father will tell you his business. Don't assume what God's business is. He's eternal years old. Stop being grown. We are not grown. Stop judging people because you don't know. <laughs> Listen. So Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me so you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
Instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. Afterward, he ate some food and regained his strength. Mm-mm-mm. Yes, glory be to his name. Saul stayed with the believers in Damascus for a few days. And immediately he began a preaching about Jesus in the synagogue saying, see, you say, see, just like what? How long ago? On what? Verse what? Verse five. He, he, was, he, he just had his encounter with the Lord. He was on his way to persecute people. Verse five, he had his encounter with the Lord. Let's go down to what? Verse what? 19. Saul stayed with the believers in Damascus for a few days. And immediately he began preaching about Jesus in the synagogues. Saying, in a matter of a few days... Paul, well, Saul, because he's still Saul right now. Saul was preaching the good news in a matter of days. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't let nobody tell you you don't know what you know. Because you know what your God told you. Because your God told you what you know. You get what I'm saying, family? It says in a matter of few days, Saul was preaching. That's the power of God. Jesus in this, he began preaching about Jesus in the synagogue, saying he is indeed the son of God. All who heard him were amazed. Isn't this the same man who caused such devastation among Jesus' followers in Jerusalem, they asked? And didn't he come here to arrest them and take them in chains to the leading priests? Saul's preaching became more and more powerful, and the Jews in Damascus couldn't refute his proofs that Jesus was indeed the Messiah. After a while, some of the Jews plotted together to kill him. They were watching for him day and night at the city gate so they could murder him. But Saul was told about their plot. So during the night, some of the other believers lowered him in a large basket through an opening in the city wall. When Saul arrived in Jerusalem, he tried to meet with the believers, but they were all afraid of him. They did not believe he had truly become a believer. Then Barnabas brought him to the apostles and told them how Saul had seen the Lord on the way to Damascus and how the Lord has spoken to Saul. He also told them that Saul had preached boldly in the name of Jesus in Damascus. So, so Saul stayed with the apostles and went all around Jerusalem with them, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. He debated with some Greek speaking Jews, but they tried to murder him. When the believers heard about this, they took him down to Caesarea and sent him away to Tarsus, his hometown. The church then had peace throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria, and it became stronger as the believers lived in fear of the Lord. And with the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, it grew in numbers. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Hold on. Hold on, family. So, okay, because we're going to, because, you know, I only get like an hour for each podcast. So we're going to just, we're going to stop right here. But we see how Paul, well, Saul, because he's Saul still, but he's going to be Paul in a minute. We see how Saul was on his way to persecute Christians, family. He was persecuting them. And we see how God, in a matter of days, switched it. 
he switched Saul's whole outlook on Jesus. That one encounter, that one touch from God changed Saul. We are going to see Saul is going to be called Paul. Okay, family? So like let's like let's just encourage each other. Let's seek wisdom from the Lord because we see that the Lord he would go tell his apostles go do this and they would go do it and people were saved. You get what I'm saying? We have to follow the leading of the spirit. We have to stay in our word so we can understand the voice of God. Okay? Cuz if your Bible closed, how you going to know what the Lord sound like? You feel me, family? We are going to keep going into Paul. Saul, brother Paul. We're going to keep on talking about him. But as for right now, family, we are going to go into prayer. In the next episode, we're going to keep it flowing with brother Paul and how God's glory is just good through brother Paul because it's for God to get the glory. Hallelujah. But he can, he's showing you these people in this Bible were not perfect. They were not perfect at all. They were not. So let's get out of our minds that God wants something perfect. He don't want that. He don't want the people who think they perfect. He wants the hot mess. He wants that. Because I'm telling you, I was a hot mess. (laughs) So let's bow our heads. Let's just thank our Lord. Father, I just thank you, Lord. I thank you for who you are, Father. I thank you for your healing, Lord. I thank you for your power, God. I thank you for just when you see me at my worst, when you see my brothers and sisters at their worst, you knew that you had something better for us, Father. You know the plans that you have for us. You know them, Father. And I just thank you, Lord. I thank you for just not giving up, Father. I thank you, Father, for keeping us by your power, Lord. I thank you for your grace, for your mercy, for your wisdom, for your understanding, for your knowledge, and for your love, Lord. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord, that we all had moments where you done pulled up on us, Lord. And I thank you for the moment, Father. I thank you for that moment when you pulled up on me, Lord. I thank you for counting me in when everybody else counted me out, Father. I just thank you, Father. And I honor your name. You will get glory from my mouth, Father, every day of my life, Lord, because you are worthy of all the praise, Lord. And I just thank you, Lord. I thank you for who you are, Father. I thank you for giving your life up for me, Father. Hallelujah, Lord. I do not, Lord, I do not ever want to take that for granted that you laid your life down for me, Father. And I just thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father. I pray that you hear each one of your children under the sound of my voice, Father. Each child that will click on that episode, Lord. I just want you to bless them with a fresh anointing, Father. I want you to engulf them in your spirit, Lord. I want them to feel the presence of God around them, Lord, because you, Father, you told me that you would never leave me nor forsake me, Father. So that means that you would never leave nor forsake any of your children, Lord. Allow them to feel that even though they may feel abandoned, Lord, even though they may have felt abandoned by people, Lord, you never abandoned your children, Father. And that's in the name of Jesus, Lord. I just thank you, Father. I give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise, Lord, because you deserve it.
it. And that's in Jesus' mighty name that I pray. Amen. Family, I love y'all. Jesus loves y'all. And I'm hearing the Lord say, rebuke that spirit of abandonment in the name of Jesus and cast it down by the power of God. That's what I hear him. And that's what I'm saying. Go speak that over. Go speak that over your children. Speak that over yourself. Speak it. Just speak it. Rebuke that foul spirit of abandonment in the name of Jesus. And I just thank you, Lord. I thank you even for your fresh word. Look, the Lord, he is in the business of healing and setting free because we had 59 minutes and he said "Uh uh-uh rebuke that real quick you got time because i'm the god of time okay i don't work on time time work for god you get what he said he said i'll work for time but time work for me (laughs) so i thank y'all i love y'all i will talk to y'all soon bye